Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Joe Tillery. It is a beautiful 50 degrees and sunny outside in Kansas City. Folks, it's January 30th. Excuse me, January 31st. What a day to be alive, folks. I hope you're all having a wonderful day, and I appreciate you taking the time out of this beautiful weather to come spend some time with me on the podcast. We appreciate you, as always. If you're interested in supporting us, go ahead and consider leaving that five-star rating and review. Take a screenshot of that. Send it over to Pete Mundo. He will send you back a Heartland College Sports koozie to keep your beers cold as the summer approaches starting January 31st. It is great to be here with you guys. Let's talk about some different things in today's episode. One main thing I want to talk about because... Currently, the basketball team is hurting my soul a little bit, so I'm going to leave that one alone. We got the schedule release. The 2024 football season has officially been announced, and I'm going to walk you through my thoughts as well as a season prediction for how I see it working out in Manhattan. We'll talk about all that and more in today's video, starting off here with my guy, Brian Clinton, who I want to give a quick shout out to for his great work over at Heartland College Sports. Brian ranked the three teams with the easiest schedules in 2024 and the three teams with the hardest schedules in 2024. He ranked them all on Heartland College Sports. Be sure and check out that piece. But this is what Brian had to say. So with the rankings, the number one team with the easiest schedule was the Kansas Jayhawks. No disagreement here. They play nobody in their non-conference schedule, and realistically, their home games aren't too tough. With K-State, I kind of was on the train of like, ah, this is going to be a hard season. We got some stuff to prove. This is how Brian did it. And I want to give him so many props because he did a great job. Brian did a power rankings piece, 1 through 16, for the future Big 12 teams, and he added an algorithm that encapsulated all different changes, whether that be head coaching, transfer portal, different guys leaving, different players on the move, who's coming back, who's graduating, all that. Brian did all that. He put together a great piece. With that, he provided rankings that go like this. For an example, Brian calculated the average Big 12 opponent ranking, the average road opponent, and the strength of schedule for the non-conference. Now, with that, Brian listed 1 through 16, and he took the average of teams he listed in the power rankings of where they shook out in terms of which, which teams would be on the schedule that season. For the average Big 12 opponent for K-State, Brian had the average opponent listed at 9.67. To give you a little bit of an idea of how that works, the average of all teams we play this season in Big 12 conference play, it works out to about the 10th spot in our power rankings 1 through 16. So 9.67 is where it's at on average. With the average road opponent, Brian has it listed at 10.2, which is tied for 13th easiest in the league. That 10.2 comes from all of our road games added up, and then you take them where they're at in the power rankings, and then you divide by the total number. 10.2. There's only six teams worse on average. That's where we're at. Our non-conference strength of schedule, yeah, it's a little tough. You got Arizona and Tulane and a couple other games to talk about. Brian has it listed as eighth. Eighth in the league. For obvious reasons. I mean, there's tough teams there, but there's also teams with harder schedules. This is Brian's breakdown, and I wanted to read it to you because I thought it was really great work. Chris Kleiman has Kansas State churning out wins just as his predecessor did before him, going 19-8, 11-5 in Big 12 play, over the past two seasons, finishing 14th and 18th respectively. In 2024, the winning should continue as K-State has managed a schedule that is nearly as favorable as their in-state rivals, referring to Kansas, who got the number one spot. The non-conference schedule of UT Martin, at Tulane and versus Arizona, ranks in the middle of the pack for Big 12 teams and should be manageable ahead of the conference opener at BYU. The Wildcats' hardest game of the season comes against Oklahoma State, but luckily they get the pokes in Manhattan and OSU will be coming off a game against Utah. After that, K-State should be favored in every game the rest of the way outside of perhaps the season finale at Iowa State. After their bye in Week 6, K-State travels to Colorado and West Virginia before hosting Kansas in Week 9. In Week 10, they go to Houston followed by another bye. The final three games are versus Arizona State, 
versus Cincinnati and at Iowa State. Those are winnable games. Brian nailed it. Hit the hit the ball out of the park. So in today's podcast, I want to run you through my thoughts as to where K-State will shake out and how I see the season going. I'll start here. I'll start with the first game of the season. K-State opens up the season against the UT Martin Skyhawks in Manhattan. Now, is UT Martin a team we're going to sit here and say, oh, that's a, that's a losable game? But no, folks, it is not a losable game. We're not looking at that. Technically, I guess every game is losable in the sense that it's possible to lose, but UT Martin, it's going to be about a 20-point spread. It'll be similar to that SEMO game from this year. August 31st, K-State starts off 1-0. Then you have a spot that makes every K-State fan and their brother panic. You go on the road to Tulane, a group of five team that had serious NY6 Bowl aspirations on multiple seasons over the past two years. However, they did just lose their head coach. Willie Fritz accepted a job at Houston to rebuild following the Dana Holgerson age for the Cougars. Now, Willie Fritz is a great coach. I think he's going to be a real problem at Houston in a couple years. But as of right now, their roster isn't set up. Tulane's roster is set up for success, don't get me wrong. But I also think there's going to be a bit of a culture shock at first. Tulane elected to hire Troy's head coach. I forget what his name is off the top of my head, but I think he has some good stuff. But he's very reliant on a slow pace, on a, hey, we need a solid running back to move the ball down the field. I don't know that Tulane will have everything they need. They're changing quarterbacks or changing head coaches. If you play them six or seven games into the season, it's a different conversation. Week two, I think K-State wins that. Maybe not comfortably, but wins by a touchdown, maybe 14 points. I think K-State starts off 2-0. Now, Arizona, September 13th or 14th, which is important to note, this game is set for either a Friday night game on the 13th or a Saturday game on the 14th. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, I feel like it'd be an embarrassment to see this game happen on Saturday. Maybe not an embarrassment, but I would be baffled if the league decided, hey, let's play this game on Saturday. After seeing the numbers that Kansas versus Illinois did, two Power 5 teams playing on a Friday night game with multiple millions of people tuning in, there's no way this game isn't played on a Friday night. Showcasing the Big 12, I know it's a non-conference opponent technically, but Arizona versus K-State's a big deal. That's the first look at Big 12 football from two teams that realistically will be at the top or near the top in the next couple of years. So I would say that's a game to follow, but I do like K-State to win that game because honestly, I think Brent Brennan's the right guy. I think that's a great hire. I think he's a good culture fit, but I think this is going to be early enough in the season that I'm not as worried about Arizona. They managed to keep Noah Fafita. He's a great player. They kept some different receivers. They kept uh, a couple of different guys on their team, but they lose some O-line depth. They lose some defensive depth. So those are guys that are going to be tough to replace at this point in the year, considering their coach left awfully late in the cycle for Washington. I think K-State wins that game, but I think it's a touchdown game. I think a lot of this depends on our defense, but on this schedule, there's about three or four games that I list as question marks. Arizona is our first question mark. I'll keep a running tally of where we're at. So I will take K-State to win that and start 3-0 and finish the non-conference schedule undefeated for the first time in years. Chris Kleiman loves to lose in the non-con. Not this year. This year's different. Then you open up Big 12 play on the road against BYU September 21st. Yeah, we're in the mountains. Yeah, it's beautiful. I don't think BYU is that great of a team this year. I don't expect them to be that great of a team this year. I do think they'll be more equipped in the sense that they know what to expect. I mean, BYU will at least have a full season under their belt. But I don't know that their roster is much better than last season's. I know they've added a couple guys. I don't know if their quarterback will be Retzlov or it'll, if it'll be someone else they brought in. But I think BYU is going to have some struggles still. I expect K-State to go 4-0. Now our second question mark game here. Oklahoma State coming to Manhattan September 28th, right ahead of our bye week. Currently at this time of the season, I would have K-State listed as 4-0. And I guess you should look up the Oklahoma State schedule so I can give you a prediction on them because that will change the prediction. 
Uh, let me see Oklahoma State's 2024 football schedule. At the time of playing K-State, they will have played their home opener against South Dakota State, then Arkansas. That's not an easy game. Then Tulsa, I mean, sure. But they open with Utah. Their Big 12 opener is Utah. Yes, it's at home in Stillwater, but that's still an adjustment. So you go South Dakota State, they are the champions in their league. Like they won, the Jackrabbits won their title last year. So it's not really an easy game to open up, to be honest. Then Arkansas, Arkansas is good. They'll be a solid team. Tulsa, you're going to beat the brakes off of. But Utah and K-State, like there's a good chance that Oklahoma State could be two and two through this stretch. Obviously three of those four games are at home. So I would expect them to be probably three and one. I think they lose to Utah, uh, but it'll be something to see if Utah could stop Ollie Gordon, but I like K-State to be 4-0 at the time of our matchup, and I will say Oklahoma State, for the benefit of the doubt, even though I think it'll be close games against Arkansas and South Dakota State, I would take Oklahoma State to be 3-1 through that time period. So you have a 4-0 team versus a 3-1 team. Likely both are ranked, maybe. I'm not sure if that uh, if they're going to get much love in the AP polls until it's something for real, but I would say K-State and OSU, that's your second question mark game. K-State has been a much better team at home than they have on the road. I mean, last season you averaged, what, 44 points a game at home and then 31 on the road or whatever the case was? And I know there's an argument to be said that they were easier competition coming into Manhattan, but they seem to just play better and rally behind the crowd. Everybody does, but I think K-State really has one of the best home environments in the Big 12. So I will say that K-State narrowly takes down OSU. I think there's going to be a lot of pissed off energy from the previous season, and I know that that's going to be one that might raise some question marks, but let's look at last year's game. K-State loses by a touchdown after Will Howard threw three picks, one being for a pick six. We had two shots to win that in the fourth quarter to go down and put together a scoring drive. K-State had two opportunities back-to-back to beat OSU after throwing three interceptions and having the worst day of Will Howard's career. That's a serious thing we had, so I will take K-State to go 5-0, and that being one of the two, one of the four question marks, excuse me. Then you have a bye week. Everybody rest, everybody recover, everybody breathe. I really like where this first bye hits. After the bye, you've got two tough games. Let's not sugarcoat it. you got two tough games on the road. You go to Boulder, you take on Colorado on October 12th, and I know it's early enough in the season that there could still be the Colorado hype train, but three weeks in, it also could be an adjustment period for Colorado. I should look up their schedule as well. I want to see how that starts off. I would say Colorado is one of the toughest schedules in 2024. I don't expect them to be, um, you know, incredible and leaps and bounds better than they were the previous years, but I think they'll be solid. So they open the season with North Dakota State and Nebraska, Colorado State. So their first three weeks of Big 12 play, you've got Baylor. That's a winnable game. UCF, depending on how KJ Jefferson does, it's a winnable game. And then K-State. I think Colorado's a beatable team. Don't get me wrong. I don't know that they did enough in the transfer portal this season to close some of their holes, but I think that um, I think K-State starts off 6-0, believe it or not. And I know that might sound ridiculous. I know that people are going to say you're being at home or you're doing whatever. My first loss comes against West Virginia. I know K-State should likely be a better team in this matchup. I know West Virginia is solid, but I think the K-State's the better team. But that is a strenuous schedule. That much expectations, you're due for a lapse game. And West Virginia, unfortunately, falls in the perfect spot. On the road against Colorado, you probably squeak out a 10-point win in that one, 7-point win in that one. Then you go to West Virginia before coming back against Kansas. you got to host Kansas. Everybody's minds will be on that Kansas game, even if you tell themselves you won't. You know, hey, we got to focus 1-0, one day at a time, 1-0. Beating West Virginia there in Morgantown, that's going to be a tough game. I think it's possible. Don't get me wrong. We've done it in the past. I mean, you know, my mind goes to that Will Howard game where he threw some dots to Ben Sinnott against West Virginia. But 
I think it's going to be a test. I will say K-State goes 6-1 and one through their first seven weeks with the first loss coming against West Virginia. That being my third question mark game. I say the question mark games to let you know which one I feel like could be a toss-up. I will say West Virginia is the third question mark game. Kansas at home again on October 26th. Now, now it was absolutely a close game last year. I mean, don't get me wrong. K-State very easily should have lost that game, very easily could have lost that game. But I think being at home is a big thing. I think the Avery Johnson air is a big thing. If this team is Kansas and they actually can keep Jalen Daniels on the field, they'll have a good shot to win that game. But I don't think they're going to be able to keep Jalen Daniels on the field. I apologize. I don't want to just, you know, prey on the kid's downfall or anything like that. But until I've seen you play more than six games in a season in the last three years, I have a hard time assuming you'll be there week eight. I mean, be healthy for week eight. I think we'll probably see Cole Ballard or whoever they want to go with at quarterback in that situation. So I will say K-State wins that game to advance to seven and one. You take on Houston on the road, it's Houston. Willie Fritz will give us problems, but not enough to win the game. I like K-State to be sitting at 8-1 and one, heading into their second bye week. The only loss coming against West Virginia. You have one more bye, so you have a two-bye schedule this season. They both come in good spots. And then you refocus for the back three games. Starting off, you have two back-to-back home games after a long, grueling road schedule, and it will be nice to come back to Manhattan. You'll have Arizona at home November 16th, and then Cincinnati at home November 23rd. These two teams are actually pretty similar. I don't think that either are going to be good enough to beat K-State unless they play a perfect game, but the thing with Avery Johnson that could work against us is turnovers. But the kid doesn't turn the football over. I mean, you look at a young quarterback, they're going to force things, they're going to try to get it down the field when they don't have to. Avery is a big proponent of live to fight the next down. I think he picked some of that up from Will Howard. I think he picked some of that up on his own, but Avery wasn't forced. Like, he'll throw great shots and he'll take risks, but he's not going to throw it in a spot where, okay, Give the ball up. Cough the ball up here. Turn it over. He's very cognitive of when to keep a hold of the ball and when to, when to risk it. You know what I mean? I think K-State will beat both those teams because I think both teams would need multiple turnovers to beat K-State. I like K-State heading into the final week of the season. 10-1, and one, folks. Heading into Ames. Now, this is my fourth and final question mark game of the season. I think K-State will be incredibly pissed off in this game, especially after what happened last season in the snow in Manhattan, there's going to be a different vibe about this team. I expect Iowa State to be good, but I don't expect them to be incredible. I think they'll be solid, but I don't think they'll be, you know, ridiculous. I don't think they're a college football playoff team, but they could be a championship runner-up or a team headed towards a Big 12 championship, which obviously I guess would grant you, if you win, grant you an auto bid. But I think K-State loses in Ames. I think 10-1 and is too much pressure to close out the season the way it is. And I think K-State finishes off their 2024 schedule at 10-2. and two. Now, I would totally listen to an argument for 9-3. and three. I think that you could drop a game against Oklahoma State or against uh, Arizona. I think there's an option there. But, but I like the Wildcats. I'm changing my expectations. I think Avery Johnson knows the challenge better than ever. And I think K-State's going to win a lot of games this year. That being said, I also don't think losing to Iowa State is going to keep you out of the Big 12 championship game if you're 10-2. and two. I don't see this league having multiple people that are one-loss teams. I just don't. I mean, maybe you can make an argument for Utah, maybe Arizona, if they can figure it out with the new coach. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that have two or three losses. I really do. I think there'll be three or four teams all fighting down the stretch. Iowa State, K-State, Arizona, Oklahoma State, uh, West Virginia will have a shot. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are cutting it close. Utah, I should have said. I think K-State makes the Big 12 title game with a 10-2 record. And it depends on who they play. It really does. But that would be my prediction for the season. I'd listen to a 9-3 argument, but I feel confident in saying that K-State will manage the task, they will handle the responsibility, and they will come out victorious. 
and finish off the 2024 season 10-2 with Avery Johnson legitimately being the talk of the town. I mean, ESPN's Pete Thamel called him the face, the future face of college football. I like what I'm seeing in Manhattan. I like the recruiting. I like the coaching. I think that even though some people might have doubts about uh, different offensive coordinator situations, I love what I'm seeing out of Connor Riley and Matt Wells. I have faith and trust in this unit to get the job done. So when I saw that schedule release, obviously my brain went to that West Virginia away game because I think that's just a tough point in the season, but I think K-State can handle the task. It'll depend on how you rebuild on defense. You know, I know you're losing a lot of guys. You're losing Deuce Green. You're losing Kobe Savage. You're losing Will, Will Lee. Excuse me, I call him Will Smith. Uh, you're losing Will Lee. You're losing a couple different guys on that defensive front, but K-State did a solid job of adding a couple of dudes that I think could be big playmakers, as well as promoting young guys that deserve the spot. There's going to be three or four pass rushers that I don't think that any of us are talking about right now that I think will really be a big deal. I think Asa Newell, the linebacker, is going to have a big year. There's going to be some dudes in the secondary like VJ Payne that are going to have to step up, but if this team can manage expectations on paper, I think they can get it done on the football field. I don't know that there's a game that they're going to be, you know, less than a three and a half point underdog, four and a half point underdog, pending anybody crazy getting injured. I think the Big 12's best coach will find a way to get it done. I think Avery Johnson, who absolutely is the highest ceiling of anybody in the Big 12 as a quarterback, I think those guys find a way to get it done. If Avery can keep developing, which all signs point towards he will, he's going to be that dynamic playmaker. And I know some people were concerned about him not rushing the football much in the in the final Pop-Tarts Bowl. But look, I mean, we didn't have any other quarterbacks in the roster we felt confident about throwing out there. I mean, we would have thrown a safety out there next. We didn't have many options. Avery wasn't going to force anything that he didn't have to and risk getting injured. I like what I see from Kansas State. I think this roster is good enough to be a 10-2, and 9-3 team, and it'll all just be about putting it together. So I wanted to give you guys my thoughts on that and kind of walk you through where I stand on that. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope everything's going well in your life. I'd be interested to hear some of your takes, so if you hear the podcast, be sure and chime in on Twitter. Tag me at Tillery underscore Joe. Go ahead and reach out just whenever you have a chance. Let me know your schedule prediction. I'd love to hear them. But guys, once again, we appreciate you, all the support you have for the Everything Email podcast for Heartland College Sports for all of us here. We appreciate you more than you know. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I will talk to you soon. Go Cats!